Anderson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Big Footy Eagles podcast for another week. Honey's Badger 35 here. I'm with Keys. I'm with Bender. We are on the home stretch, as you can see there. Uh, there is one game to go, ladies and gentlemen, in this god awful trading and all the stuff that really sets the pulses racing. This is why you become a footy fan. Uh, jump on the comments, have your say. We've got a few things coming up that I think will be definitely divisive in one way or another or certainly opinion worthy. So jump on in, have your say and share the show, share the love, all that good stuff. Gentlemen, let's just dive straight in and we'll do footy first. Bender, the West Coast Eagles, seven goals, five, 47. Were defeated by Freo 9-17-71. Uh, the mud pit derby for, for the better you know half, I suppose, the, the better half of the Eagles was that first half and it was wet and it was wild and the boys were digging in. First half, great. Sort of ran out of steam. Freo turned the screw and not really, I guess, a result you can argue with too much in the end. No, it was um, fairly reminiscent of the majority of the year. Two and a half quarters of, um, of uh, gas and then mm. that's it, kind of fading out especially in a, in a slog of a game that that was, but pretty hard to be disappointed, I thought, in, in the Eagles um, this game. They threw everything that they had at it, and it's just not enough. That simple. Yeah, I mean, last week we all talked about what we'd expected for the game and maybe looking at some margins, things like that. I think the weather did help a little bit. The game, uh, Frio's natural game isn't really a wet weather style, but Keys definitely in that first half, I mean, we got to halftime with 50 tackles, which is more than we've had in total games this year at some stages. We've actually climbed up the tackle ranking pretty high. I think we're in the in the top half, which for a team that was bottom last year in tackles, it's definitely a start. So the effort was there, the endeavour was there, but that third quarter in particular, Freo, too good and, and definitely showed why the gap on the ladder is what it is. Yeah, I mean, effort was there. Just as Bender said, we just ran out of stone, which has sort of been... You know, rinse and repeat for the last half of the year. Um, you know, I think we spoke last week and said, well, hopefully they sort of bring a bit of niggle and a bit of mumbrel and um, and Nelson sort of led the charge on that and sort of Redden jumped on the bandwagon and, you know, we got under their skin for a little bit and, um, you know, rolled up the crowd and it sort of felt a bit like a, like a derby proper for a while there, but you know, I think in the end, um, you know, Fremantle just had more better, more better players. They're a bit more composed with the footy. They their skills were a bit better, um, and they were fitter. You know, right. they just ran the game out better. So, you know, I think at the end of it, you can't que- you can't question a guy's effort. I mean, that's probably been the the one the one thing to take away from the back half of the season when we perhaps could have just. Not an excuse for packing it in, but you you wouldn't be surprised if they did. They've actually done yeah. the opposite. They've they've just they've fought it out, um, and you know they've given it a crack. You know, there's a few few good signs. You know, Tommy Barres sort of 
strengthened his all Australian credentials and um, Xavier O'Neill sort of showed that you know there's you know there's perhaps a he's not going to be he's not going to ever be an A grade mid but there's a there's a midfielder that can sort of take his sort of position in a midfield rotation and contribute something. Duggan had one of his better games for the season. Um, you know, but that's you know, the main the main takeaways. Bazo still looks like he's growing into the role and looks composed and you know, you think that um, he's fucking hell. I've got a ghost sort of whispering my fucking ear back here. So <laughs> All right, hang um, on. Oh, why don't you uh, get the ghosts out of the house for a minute there, Keys? Because uh, let's explore the Xavier O'Neill chat. Uh, Bender Exxon, he's he's played a few stints this year, I suppose, of extended footy. First couple of rounds, played a good game against Collingwood. Contentiously, didn't get picked after that. So he's played rounds one, two, four, six, and seven, and then he's had a second hit of footy here: eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. He's in line to play this week. The disposal numbers are lifting. The time on the ball is lifting. He had a nice chase down tackle as well, uh, Bender, which probably was on. I think it was Chapman. Probably should have just seen it coming. But the point is, O'Neill is playing good footy. He's certainly playing his best footy, and I guess from that, there's there's something to take away from that and and build on. That's one of the building blocks. Maybe we'll look at next year. Yeah, it was um. It... You could see that he put a heap of work in as well when he um, when he was injured. He came back being just he was massive, and you could see the difference in his, his physical appearance in that time. So, you know, I hope that maybe that's put him in in good stead. But yeah, the second half of the year, look, if he could be you know our come off the bench kind of midfielder who puts his body on the line, which we saw him do a couple of times earlier in the year. I think it was against against Hawthorne. Um, then you need those players on your team. You know what I mean? And, yeah, it's been promising what we've seen from him and he's, he's improving and, you know, who knows, just more exposure, the better he gets. So hopefully he can continue. But, yeah. Often it's, it's too, with, one of the few things. with midfielders at, at that level where they're sort of mm. like your know, fifth or strict string, um, once you get better quality mids around them, they elevate their game with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's... I mean, it's one of the things um, that was getting discussed on the board when we were maybe into Liam Baker at Richmond and the, the comment was, well, yeah, you know, he's not going to necessarily be able to do the same role at West Coast as what he does at Richmond because he hasn't got the quality in front of him. And I think with O'Neill, I think that's... If he if he was playing at, um, you know, at, at another club... If he was playing at Fremantle, for example... Sure. Um, he'd probably be showing a bit more there now because he's got, you know, instead of being the, the load's different and the focus is going on other guys. So, um, you know, once we, you know, hopefully we can get some fitness back and some continuity in the midfield and maybe, you know, three or four years down the track, he he's sort of doing, um, trying to think of a player from another club that sort of, so something like something like a Dunkley maybe at, at, at the Bulldogs, where okay. you know for a while he wasn't anything all that great, but once he sort of got some quality, it's like oh this guy's actually pretty pretty freaking decent. I mean I don't know that I'm not saying O'Neill will get to the same heights that Dunkley will necessarily, but um, you know he's got he's got the AFL size body now, um, and he's had enough time to sort of. I mean he's still only played twenty odd games, I think. Yeah, so, this is his twenty third. He's had he had five in twenty twenty. He had eight last year, and now ten 
soon hopefully yeah. to be 11. So, so yeah, and, it's, and, it's a season and, of footy. For the first time in his career, he's actually got, in the back half of this season, he's actually built some continuity. I think it might be mm. his seventh game in a row now coming up. Um, uh, yeah. Before that, he never Six. played more than five. So, you know, so, yeah, that's something to take away from the game at least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, a comment coming through here from Greg about our, our strength and conditioning and where we're at in the soft cap. I might park that one, Greg, and we'll swing back around to it in the back end of the show because we do uh, have a bit of news to discuss. Luke Shuey staying on for 2023. So we'll, I think we'll discuss that then. Uh, a couple other comments coming through. Barass for All Australian. Uh, Miggs is in the comments again saying that Exxon is averaging over seven tackles a game since he came back into the side. And Anthony's agree- Anthony agrees, I should say, Exxon's defensive work uh, has been much more noticeable, things like blocking as well. So like you said there, Keys and, uh, and Bender, you guys pointing out, you know, that Hawthorne game, he was throwing his body around a bit, a few blocks even in the forward line. So maybe there's something more to work with there than we might have thought at the start of the year. Certainly at the start of the year, I thought, yeah, he's, I know he's got the contract extension, but he might just limp through it and we'll see him in the waffle. Since the injury, he really looks like an asset or certainly something worth exploring next year. So nice to see that from Xavier O'Neill. Uh, Bender, Tom Barras, Anthony's got it in the comments here. Keith's mentioned it before. How much time do we have for this guy right now? There's all Australian buzz for the fullback on one of the worst teams in footy. Yeah, just uh, People must get sick of us talking about him now. I think we've spoken about him at length for the past six rounds in a row, at mm. least, or seven rounds in a row. And it was no different on the on the weekend. You thought it looked like Frio were kicking to him, not mm. to, to lob. That's how well he was reading it. And even in the contest, he was going back with the flight, you know, just getting a fist everywhere. Just an amazing season so far, especially the second half, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'd, I, I would... I know Simo's jumped on the how he said that he's going to actively campaign for him to be all Australian now. Like you said, questionable about whether do they take that into account? Do they say, okay, well, you're, you've been under siege so much that mm. and, and you've stood up and done well? Or do they go like, well, you're, you're second last, you've lost that many games, do you deserve to be fullback? So, look, I think we all know that he's obviously in, in the form that warrants all Australian selection, whether the technicalities come into it or not. Um, will be another story, but just, yeah, yeah immense, immense. I suppose that's the thing. You're, you're as, his season's as good as it has been, whether he makes it or not. It doesn't go back in yeah. time and change anything, but it would give us something. And you can tell that, Keys, the boys are pretty desperate for something because everybody got on board. They're sharing on Instagram, Twitter, and all over there. They're trying to get a little bit of buzz. But, I mean, I suppose to their credit and to Tommy Brass's credit, there does actually seem to be a bit more traction on this from the East Coast than I would have expected. Yeah, there's been a, I said a couple of snippets from from some of the East Coast media where his name's come up as a um, certainly in the conversation. They're not necessarily saying he's a, 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 um, a shoo-in, but they're sort of mm. saying, well, he's he's a chance. So, um, you know, I think with a season like we had, if we had got, we've got one person in the 40-man squad, that would be some sort of achievement in itself. So um, kind of hope for him, for his sake, he, he does it. And, I mean, at least... At least uh, Rance isn't there to take away a selection. So he'll still make it. Don't you worry about him. He'll still make it. Yeah. So I don't know who the who the um, Victorian equivalent to Rance is now. Um, so it's not Grimes. It's Bolter. So you know they've they've just had the best fullback yeah, in footy three so, three times in a row. Yeah, it's just it's just really good to see the way he stepped up, um, and you know something to. To take out of the something to take out of the year at least, and hopefully he has. I think I posted during the week. It sort of um, 
not that it should swing on one game, but I think you know, if he has a good game against Hawkins on the weekend, um, you know that that'll that'll make a that's a good audition. Conversely, mm. if if Hawkins gets uh, if Hawkins sort of gets gets hold of him, kicks six or seven, um, yeah, that's probably enough. Yeah, enough of the excuse they can turn around and go, well, no, he, he did well, but he just misses out. So. Um, It'll be a good contest, but we'll get to it later. But that'll be a good contest between those two on the weekend, I think. Yeah, and probably one of the main things to watch, as you say. We'll, we'll touch on that in the back end of the show. I mean, Bender, the other takeaways from me, even on the back line, Bazo, I think Keys mentioned him earlier, loving him. Uh, Jermaine Jones, Harry Edwards had a really good game. Hearn. So for a back line that's so under siege, there's shape to it. There's a structure to it. I think, again, that does look like our strongest line going forward. Uh, and look, while we're talking about going forward, we saw the post-Josh Kennedy West Coast Eagles forward line. Weather maybe not perfect, and I think the supply dried up in that second half. First half, though, Bender, I thought Jack Darling was close to best on ground. The boys were desperate. They were tackling. Waterman bobbed up with a few goals, even though he was quiet. Like, there were pieces. There were signs. I, what do we think of the of the post-JK uh, forward line structure? Yeah, I, I thought the same as you. A little bit hard to judge with the weather, um, but... Uh, look, overall, I thought that the effort was there. Ryan put in a bit of a, a shocker. Um, I think they needed a bit more from him. Um, playing yeah. for freeze too much this week. That kills me, man. He, every time. Yeah. Um, and, and lack of Rioli, I think, obviously, he, you know, something special without JK. I think we needed something a little bit more magic kind of coming in. Mm. Um, but, yeah, look, I'd, I think... Um, I don't think Waterman's much of a ground ball player. I think he's he's definitely much much more lead mark kind of player, and he didn't get that kind of the the uh, you know the with the weather the conditions didn't quite fit. So yeah. look, I think yeah, but you're right. Darling was was immense, wasn't he? He was just playing like a madman for that that first quarter. I think the whole team was, but even it stood out with him because he's just such a big man. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think there was. There, there's promise, but I think we need to see it in a dry weather game. And I don't think even with this last round, uh, they're you know playing against someone with Geelong's calibre, we're even going to get to to judge it properly just yet. So no. maybe round one next year. Yeah, hopefully. Look, we've got Alan to come back at some point. Yeah. We hope, and oh, Liam Ryan needs to get his head right. He's such a talented footballer. He's all Australian quality. Stop playing for freeze. It it derailed Walter's career. And I mean, don't even want to start talking about Jack Inman, but. Let's just the free kick discussion needs to move away from Liam Ryan because it it is very prominent and prevalent and you can see it coming. Uh, Waterman's been shut down as well, you know, with the surgery, so we're not going to see it this week anyway. Uh, Keys, your thoughts on the hundred and fifty meter penalty? Probably the softest one fifty I've ever seen. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, I, I sort of <laughs> you sort of think okay, there was probably a fifty meter in there somewhere, and I don't quite know how the other two came through. Um, mm. You know, it just seemed a bit. I mean, it looked like Sarong um, sort of gave the umpire a bit of lip. So whether there was something in that, that's that's about all. All I can sort of put it down to that. You know, he's he's gobbed off at the umpire about something, and they've that's doing it because apart from apart from that, there wasn't really any reason why you would think that. You know, there's a there's a fifty, you know, hundred and fifty in there. Hundred and fifty, um, yeah. <laughs> pretty 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 funny. Um, but then, yeah, they evened it up. I think the the fifty against Redden that uh, Brayshaw kicked the goal from was pretty mm. soft. Um, you know, I just one thing with that little scuffle. What I was really, what I quite liked was um, Sarong was sort of put his fucking Tarzan imitation going on, and 
off off ran in and gave him a bit of a um wasn't afraid to go and give him a shove. So it was good to see a first year player jump in and you know, he's built like a twig. But he, he was happy <laughs> to to run in and take on Tarzan. So yeah. um yeah, cost the cost the boys a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. Like fifteen grand or, or whatever. Um That'd be nice. Yeah. So it's um yeah, but I, I think yeah, the umpire's probably just a bit yeah, you know, the um from yeah, the umpiring was not not great. I don't think it really favoured one side over the other. I think there was there was a few. It's good to see the um Fremantle supporters do what they claim they don't and boo and so, mm. so you know. You fucking hypocritical bunch of pricks that are. Um so yeah, it's um yeah, it's nice to see a little bit of you know, vigour in the game. And I think I thought it might have been you know, we'll get to the selections for next week. I thought maybe Nelson might have had a might have been you know, in and out. But if that was his last game, you know, that's not a wasn't a bad game for for him. I think he no, did a good crack. job on Nelson for the most part and sort of led the way. I you know, there's nothing from Nelson that you you turn around and say, Well that's enough to change it around to keep him on the <laughs> on the list. But um did what he did, you know, got it done. Yeah. Brayshaw was all right. Brayshaw wasn't his best, but yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, we'll move things away from the Freo game, I reckon. There, gents, Bender, any parting thoughts? Anybody we haven't discussed yet, or anything you took away from the derby? No, not particularly. I think it was, we've covered it all pretty well. Um, I think it's around twenty-two Ke- at this point, <laughs> we've seen a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's it. I think Key's got his wish. It was good, which was Sarong got his uh got his hair ruffled a bit. So that was good to see. But that's about it, really. Otherwise, I think we covered it pretty well. Nicely done. Well, look, we'll move on then, and we'll move on to a guy that's been an interesting figure in West Coast Eagles history and a guy who, you know, bobs up from time to time. He draws a bit of criticism here and there, but he's also a fan favourite at other times. That's Jamie Cripps. He is in line to play his 200th game for the West Coast Eagles this weekend. Keys, we traded pick 41 and pick 44 in the 2012 draft for Jamie Cripps. We got back Cripps. We got pick 46. Uh, those two picks, the picks we gave to St Kilda, Brody Murdoch, he played 22 games and was delisted. Josh Saunders played 22 games. He was delisted. Jamie Cripps is about to play his 200th game. He's kicked 249 goals thus far. He's won a flag. He's been in the top 10 of the best and fairest a couple of times as well, I think five or six times. So fair to say, Keys, I reckon we might have won that trade. Yeah, and I, I um, from memory, I think that was the same year that um, St Kilda were trying to get Mitch Brown from us mm. and we refused to trade him. Um, and I think they were particularly pissy that we um, were chasing Cripps. And from memory at the time, I think um, they were wanting a lot more than a third rounder. But because he was out of contract, they really didn't have much choice. He basically packed up and told them to fuck off. I'm going back to WA. Um, do what you want. So he's been a he's been a good pickup. Uh, press conference today, Simpson said he's regarded him as probably the most popular player in the club which I must admit, I just sort of took me by surprise a little bit. I mean, I guess it's the sort of thing that people say, don't say nice things about guys from lifestyle games. But, you know, he, he's pretty quiet, as he sort of said. You know, he doesn't he doesn't do a lot of media. He's pretty pretty quiet. He takes his very low profile. I think he's 
he's one of those guys too. I think he's underrated over. He's underrated by us fans as well, and I include myself in that. I, you know, he's sort of one of those guys that's kind of just there. And um, you know, if he has, has a bad game, people are pretty quick to jump on his back and say, "Oh, you know, fumble scripts and what have you." But he's he, his work rate. You, Consistently, he's in the players covering the most ground. He does a hell of a lot of running. He does a hell of a unrewarded running. Um, yeah, and he gets his goal or so again. Um, he's actually a pretty he's he's a fairly reliable shot at goal too. Um, he doesn't miss he doesn't miss a lot. So, uh, and I think he's one of those guys. He's a pretty important cog in our forward line that that I think from. From inside the club, I think he's really appreciated. And I think from outside the club, I don't know that necessarily we always see the work that he puts in um, and, and maybe they acknowledge it, what he does. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. I hope, you know, 200 games. And as for, for us, I think he's, I think I saw a list of games. I think he's second or third of games played for a player that came from another club. Um, Kennedy's first, obviously. Yeah. Um, and Chris might have been second. I don't know if there was another one in front between him and Kennedy. So, yeah, he's been a good pickup for for um, someone we didn't pay a lot for. It's sort of one of those one of those trades. You hopefully we can find another one or two of those in the next year or two because it's been pretty good bloody value for us. Yeah, I mean, Bender, can you remember what you thought? At the time, the value of it, obviously, you do it in a heartbeat. Again, we've got a decade out of a guy we paid very little for, but I'm trying to even think of a small forward lineup at the time. You know, Lacroix, however you want to classify him. That was the Ashton Hams era. I think we had Ryan Neitz running around. They were trying to figure out where to put Josh him Hill. in the team. Hill, yeah, Hill was a good one. Uh, it wasn't by any means a stacked small forward line. We had Darling, we had Kennedy, and it looked like we were trending in the right direction there, but he really came in and complimented the group. Do you recall wanting him, not wanting him? Did we pay too much? Did we not pay too much? And then, and what have you made of, of the decade of, of Jamie Cripps that we've seen? Yeah, look, I, to be you know, sadly honest, I remember being somewhat indifferent about getting him. I thought that I, I remember him being, you know, a decent player in St. At St. In St. Kilda's forward line and thinking like, oh, will it translate to over here? Much much the same attitude as I had with Josh Hill. Um, mm. But, yeah, there's there's no question, obviously, of the value since then. We really, it's like we paid nothing for him anyway. Like, even at the time, if you looked at it, like, without, you know, hindsight, it was, it was nothing, cost us no expense. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think he, he plays that, um, you know, he's, he's neither tall, you know, great mark for his size, and he's also good off the deck for the most part for, for his size as well because he's such a, like you said, he's a me- I wouldn't really call him small, more of a medium forward. Um, but for what he's done, like, just... Like it's it's sad. I'm I'm 100% agree with Keys. I think we'd as a fan base we're too quick to jump on him when he has an off game. Um, and more often than not, he's had on games really and amazing mm. kick at goal. Um, you know, just a couple of things from from that I think of. You know, that he's actually I think he's a he's a diabetic. Um, and has to have some ridiculous amount of um, blood sugar tests going through games. Um, and making sure that it's all you know he's on top of it when he plays. Which yeah. is pretty impressive for to get a career that he has, and considering the amount of running that he does. Um, but yeah, um, um, outside of that, he's just—I um, don't think he's got quite the the plaudits that he deserves. And I hope he gets it when his career does finish up, though. So I think we can look, look back on it and appreciate him that bit more. Yeah, I think especially in the position as well, it's such a 
mercurial position in a way where you want that moment of brilliance that's just going to break the whole game open. You want somebody to create a goal out of nowhere or take mark of the year or whatever it might be. It's it's a bit of a lazy thing to say. Oh, he's more of that workhorse, hard runner type. But you know, he's he's been a great tackler. He's been a great runner. He does all the dirty stuff. And Keys mentioned earlier about Simo saying he might have been the boys' favourite player. And I mean, you, you can see that where he gets around people, they get around him. He runs his ass up and down that wing. I swear to God, he covers so many kilometres for a guy that doesn't physically impose on the game with his with his structure or with his stature. I should say, you know, he he really makes sure that he still has an impact. I think he will be looked back on a little bit more fondly. I think once you see the body of work and you're not in the moment. He's prone to the odd shot at goal where he gets a little bit hungry. I will say that. So, you know, in the moment, it can be, ah, he's left that one behind and the whole, missing that whole goal was all all up on him. But no, I reckon when we look back, you know, we've had a decade plus from him, probably got a year at least left in him, maybe a little more. We'll see how we go with the list build. But 200th Eagles game on the weekend and we don't tend to go too well on uh, milestone games. We don't tend to go too well in any games at the moment, but hopefully they can... Give him a moment, at least. I mean, God forbid they give him a win, but it'd just be nice to see. So well done to Cripper and and all the best for the weekend. All right, Keys, we will clear the runway. We were going to do heroes and villains. We discussed pre-show. If anybody had any heroes, we really didn't. We sort of, maybe this guy, maybe that guy. I'll throw it up on the screen now. We're doing villains. Not heroes and villains. We're just doing villains. And Keys, it's over to you. Who's pissed you off this week? I doubt there's uh, too much of a... A hassle coming up with candidates this week. Oh, just about the entire fucking footy media. <laughs> um, you know, Paul Hayes will be sort of what is he shop, chopping blokes around, telling we should trade this person or that person. And it's like, fuck, what would you know, you dumb fuck? Um, you don't he's want got Brady a Grundy? radio career, and no one listens to him. Um, Brady Grundy for five years on two million a year or whatever. Oh, that's on. it. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Brady. So why? Um, <laughs> Yeah, the whole the whole Clarkson circus is pissing me off. Um, you know, I think you know, it's just like, you know, who's it's it's gotten to like who's LeBron James gonna sign for or sort of you know, it's like fucking hell, he's a he's a coach. I mean he's he had a good run there for a while, but Jesus Christ, you think he's a fucking Messiah thing? I mean you've got um medical team. Um Sorry, Kim coming through in the comments with we'll, the medical we'll, team we'll as do, a villain. I think we'll do the medical team next year, when, next week rather, when we wrap the season up and we'll put them on the dartboard and <laughs> and throw things at them. Won't miss. Um, Kane Corns, just mention Kane Corns just because, <laughs> why not? I can't even remember what he did that pissed me off this week. Sure, there's be something. Um, Port Adelaide. Um, Trying to stay relevant for something or other. Um, fuck this. What did Port Adelaide do out of interest? Only <laughs> once had a chat today. They're, that was they're a better one. The off talking about Adelaide being um, yeah. entitled and arrogant. Entitled. Like, well, what the fuck? Do you, you guys have a look in the mirror lately? For fuck's yeah. sake. You're a piss out little club that no one gives a shit about. And you think <laughs> you're bloody uh, LA Lakers. Fuck off. Nah, bring back the bars, though. They st- should still get to bring back the bars. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. Um, feel sorry for Ben Rutten. I think they've, mm. I think the way Essendon have um, gone about that whole thing is, I mean, talk about arrogant and entitled. The uh, Essendon, are, it's no surprise that in the last, you know, 20-odd, 30 years, two of the worst-performed clubs have been Carlton and Essendon because they're the two clubs that 
more than anybody else embody that entitled Victorian throw money at it culture and you know they just think you know it, it's if it's not an excellent person it's they're no good and it's like well fuck about time you you got your heads out of your ass and I mean there's there's a reason why that hurt that saga with her and the drug thing happened at Essendon because that's the type of club they are um, I actually hope they don't get Clarks and I hope as much as it'd be funny for North to be the bridesmaid again chasing <laughs> someone um, I really hope that Clarkson actually goes with North because um, Essendon don't deserve him. They're just a bunch of fucks. They're the worst club. Plus he might country. fix them. He might fix them and they're very, very... Bender, we talked pre-show about maybe they were even a shout for heroism just because it's made us laugh. But, I mean, if Clarkson goes there, he might give them a spine. He might give them some sort of lurch into the, the, the 20th century. The best thing if um, if he does go to Essendon will be watching him fail because if if Clarkson... It's like, well, you can't even get Clarkson to fix you you're so, so fucking rotten. And I mean, I'd, I'd be running from that job if I was Clarkson because there's no, there's the, the downside on that job is immense because. The plus side is you win one final. The, and you expect, put your the up expectations for 20 years. is that club will think they're going to be ready for a grand final next year once if they get Clarkson. And if mm. they, if they don't make finals, they're going to be at him straight up saying, well, you're fucked. You're not good enough. So um, at least with North, he'll have the time to. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? I, yeah, I mean, as much as that comment, that comment's right. Why is there no game in WA this weekend? It's fucking ridiculous. I mean, you know, every every other state's got a game. Last round of the season, we don't have a game. Um, which is just typically AFL. Fucking got to fit in the um, annual trip to Geelong. Got to fit in. The I trip speak to Geelong AFL, somewhere. And, and now we're now they're fucking around with umpires again. Mm. Going to give us. I mean, it's it's hard enough getting three guys to be consistent. Now they're going to throw a fourth one in there to fuck things up. Um, you know, if they just gave them clear-cut fucking rules and just didn't change them every 30 seconds, we might be able to get some decent umpiring, but they just, they just fucking meddle all the time. Anyway, I'm done. Nicely done, Keys. Nicely done. Uh, Andrew in the comments saying that Kane's article tomorrow is about player payments being public complete with Eagles pot shots on the way through. Now, this was born oh, from that Herald that Sun rich list and all this sort of business. I don't know where I stand on it, but do you know what? Most sports, they're, most salary cap sports, you know what percentage of the salary cap people take up. So I'm not wholly opposed to it. The Eagles have been dragged through the mud for it this week, but I sort of get it. The salaries look pretty bad when you compare it to a two-win season. Um, Key, sorry, any parting shots? And then I'll turn things over to Bender. Oh, it was only that one. That was the other thing I forgot is the – the wages of their estimate and Simpsons come out and basically said, well, you know, that's all wrong. It's miles off. Mm. Um, and, you know, the article in the WA, you know, cherry picked and sort of said, oh, you know, Eagles have got this and Freeman have only got these highly. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because four years ago, West Coast won a premiership and players that are part of a premiership can to get played and, Players yeah. are at a shit truck club at the bottom of the ladder for six years tend not to get paid so much because they're fucking crap. Yeah, um, they didn't get signed last week. Rookies on yeah, their in, on their you know, three, signing a two-year two extension. Years, in two or three years, it'll be it'll be the reverse. The hmm. strong and Brayshaw and and those sort of guys will be on good money, and we'll have guys like Chesser and Hoff and Bazo and that coming through that aren't on so much, and you know we'll start kicking their ass again. Um, and everyone's saying, oh, Fremantle fucking pay too much. 
Uh, Bender, we'll have to uh, pay Carly a fair bit when he wins three Brownlows in a row, but fair bit to dissect in there. Any villains from yourself and then talk us through. I mean, there was umpiring chat. We're changing the system there. There's all sorts of nonsense going on this week. So what did you make of it? Who are your villains of the week? Yeah, I had um, the 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 floating of the idea or, or whatever of the fourth and fifth umpires coming up was probably my big bugbear for the week. Um, mm. I, I think it's you, the worst part about the umpires is that you know that they get a phone call on Monday morning and they're, they're told next weekend or this weekend coming up, you, you need to focus on uh, people dragging the ball in a contest or people getting doing this or that. So you can tell that they're, that they're coached week to week to look out for something different. You know, I'd, I'd love it if they just they were just like, no, this is how you umpire. You do it right. You make the right call, and that's it. But you can see that they're getting, you know, directed a fair bit. And mm. I don't know. I don't think it's great for them, and it's not great for the game. That's that one pissed me off. This other one, this is probably going to be a bit of a chip on the shoulder one um, that I was flicking through the um, the AFL website yesterday, and it was the AFL wishes to congratulate Patrick um, Dangerfield on 300 games, and I was like. Yep. Do, do they do that for every 300 game? Or I just can't remember seeing another article of press so release. Was or... Selwood's 300 or 350? What was his a few weeks ago? Three, well, his well, his was the, the record, wasn't it? I'm not even sure exactly if it was a round number or not. It was just a definite something record at least. captain or something, maybe. Yeah. Most umpire blowjobs or something. <laughs> yeah, it might have been that case. might have been that. Mm. No, nah, he would have got that a few years ago. Uh, the mm. weird one around that was Pendles had his 350th the week before and there wasn't anything. And then Selwood got something. It might have been his 300th or most games as captain. Something yeah, it was something. The week was, after. Yeah. And he mm. got his AFL congratulates, blah, blah, blah. And people pointed it out then saying, why? This is so strange. Why are you not doing it every week? Now, to their credit, they've done it every week since. But I do think that they've mm, missed. Okay. Not missed because I've not noticed them before. I don't think they did one for Pendles. I think they brought it in for Well, John they didn't Selwood. do one for Hearn, did they? That, not that I'm aware of. I can't remember Hearn getting so. a, a congratulations on, on that. So that's why it's a bit of a chip on the shoulder one. I don't know if it happened or not, but it was just like, what? The, what is this? Here I've we go. They've been doing before. it since Selwood, allegedly. Edwards got one oh, for okay. Richmond last week. So, I, But it was funny because it's, it's Pendles. Well, I told you no? to shut up. Yeah, you did, actually. I'll bring your names up there. <laughs> Key's name here. Shut up, okay. Um, <laughs> Everybody likes Pendles, more or less. You know, in the scale, on on the Pendlebury to Selwood scale, I know where I'd rather be. So it is odd that they missed Pendles and then decided to bring it in for Joel Selwood. But anyway, uh, what about yeah? So that umpiring thing. I mean, four umpires. Is that going to make it better, or are we just going to get a few more off the ball decisions every now and then? You know, I don't think it's going to make it worse. To be honest, I just can't say. I, I'm. I think the solution is so easy, and of course, it's always easy when you're just sitting here and you know firing away on the internet, but. For a start, get rid of the bounce. So many umpires just want rid of the bounce. You're losing good decision makers who can't bounce the footy. I'd rather you get all the decisions right and just throw the thing up. I don't care. And also make them full-time. I know the current crop don't really want to be full-time, so okay, fair enough. But make them full-time by 2040, by 2035. You know, phase them out, phase them through such that the next generation of umpires are full-time because I think you're losing a lot of people that have a good feel for the game because they can't bounce and you're losing... Footy players who are well into it, not quite going to make it from their skills, but have played the game growing up. They have that pulse for the game. Imagine how many like you know amateur footy players or just sub-waffle level footy players would get into umpiring if they thought that they could make a career of it, run out on the MCG, run out on Optus, all this sort of stuff. Maybe it's naive. Well, maybe that's too simple of you. But Keys, I reckon that's something they could yeah, look at think, rather than just throwing numbers at it. The thing was, I think they said that with the... the the panel of umpires is 34, sure. and I think they said it was going to increase to 42 with this change. 
So even if you turn around and you said, well, we're going to pay, so there's, say there's 40 umpires to make the maths, or 42, make the maths easy, throw an extra $100,000 out of them each. And that's, I mean, that's good. good I, I don't, whether they're part-time, full-time or whatever, throw another $100,000 at those guys. That's, it's going to cost the game $4 million. You know, that's that's about a month's worth of money into Gold Coast. Mm. So, it, you know, it's not, it's not a, in in the, in the grand scheme of things for AFL, $4 million to spend on extra on umpires is not not a lot of money. Hmm. But you're going to get, you know, like you say, you know, some some of these players that maybe have come through, got the feel for the game, and they turn around and say, well, instead of, you know, I might have a, you know, get a job here that throws me $150,000, $200,000 a year. You know, I go to the training two or three times a week, umpire a couple of games on the week, upper game, umpire a game on the weekend. That's good fucking money. It seems so you know? simple. I know, um, obviously, the simple not, things rarely are the answer, but like it seems yeah, so it's easy. Not, it's not, it's not much. And then mm. you're going to, you know, you you're going to get these guys and go through, sit down through fucking games as a group and go right. Let's have a sit down and, and do a ghost umpiring of the game mm. and say right that decision's wrong. It doesn't need to be made public, but go to the guys. That decision's wrong. That decision's right. This is what you should have done, and it's like. I think get them so they're all on the on the same fucking page, so that mm. we get some consistency. I mean, you can't you, you're not even getting consistency in the game because you've got three guys seeing different things. It's I I reckon it'll be one of the hardest sports in the world to umpire. Has to be because you're running. I don't know what they run. They'll probably it'd be it'll be plus of ten k's a game. I would have thought at a at a rough rough step in the dark. You've got. Things happening 360 degrees. I mean, you've got guys. Um, you're you're sprinting and you're trying to keep guys on the ball, and you're trying to look ahead to where they're kicking the ball 40 or 50 meters down the ground. It's it's not an easy. And you're looking through. When it's a stoppage, you're looking through maybe 15 or 20 bodies to try and see what's happening around the around the footy. So it's it's a difficult job. Give them give them some support. Give them some training and get them so that they, you know. So when they see that, say, like, okay, that's that's the free kick. Mm, absolutely, yeah. Uh, comment coming through here. The AFL used to have a video segment where they went through the rulings for the week with an umpire, and it was good insight, and then guess what? They stopped doing it. Uh, villain of the week then. Bender, lead us off. Who's having it out of those? Do you have any further nominations, or are we picking one? No, no, no more nominations for me, but uh, I'm always happy to go with, with Corns. Why not? He, he deserves <laughs> it as, as much as he can. But I, th- I think enough. it was just, um, yeah, I, I, you know, going back over what, you know, just quickly what Key said, the, the the treatment of Rutten is pretty, you know, as much as we laugh at Essen, it's just disgraceful. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's it for me, by the way. That's, mm-hmm. You can't treat somebody like that. And he's half-sacked, he's not half-sacked. And no, nah, no, nah, mm-hmm. he's still got the job. But, of course, we do want Clarkson, so he doesn't have the job. So what are you doing to him? You know, there's one week to go in the season. What are we doing here, Essendon? That's that's my villain of the week for sure. Uh, Key's happy Good enough Essendon, to go with Essendon? Yeah. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Well done, Essendon. Is it September yet? Yeah, it's August. Ah, well, they nearly won something in September. That's a shame. Nearly got there. <laughs> Moving on to the news then. Bender, lead us off. Luke Shuey has re-signed for next season. Uh, Kane Corns will be happy to know it's on a reduced salary, <laughs> so that'll be nice. This one is sort of hard to view in isolation because we've kind of got to view it through the lens of where is our list build going? If he stays, but a lot of the other veterans go, it maybe starts to look a little bit better through that lens. But at the moment, all we know is that he's going on and it does seem likely that your Hearn, your Natanui, your Redden, 
uh, are also probably going to go along with him. It looks like we might bring that whole cohort through. He is the first domino to fall, but Bender, what do you make of it? Keeping the captain on, he's putting a little bit of better footy together. He's healthier touch wood. Where's the call here? It's, it's mixed feelings. I, I, I got to be honest. Um, mm. When I saw it, I'd kind of just, you know, kind of cringed a bit and was like, oh, geez, you know, is this the right decision? Um, I, you know, like I, I like the idea of us taking care of a, of someone that's given everything to our club, you know. Mm. Um, I think we've, you know, for, for sure we've had an amazing relationship with him. He he had a, a super rough start to his career with his injuries and his personal life. He stuck around over here despite what was happening with his family over there. Mm-hmm. Um, gave everything to us and then and we sort of repaid the faith by having that patience and time with him, you know. So I think as, as a term of the employer-employee relationship that he's had with with the Eagles, it's been pretty outstanding. Now to get to this point, you know, um, I'd like to think that his body will hold up. Um, it's done okay for the past month or two. Um, if is he? I just I don't think Simpson's got. I'm not going to say the balls, but I'm not sure another way to put it. Maybe the courage to say, look, you're not in the side this week. You know, you we need you. We need to develop people, or you know, something along those lines. I'm not sure if he's he's ever going to be face the hard kind of decision that needs to happen um and i don't want him to have to so i don't know i've got too many mixed feelings about it i can't give you a straight answer either way good for him and i hope it goes well um as i always do want to be optimistic with stuff that happens at the eagles but yeah i just i really don't know how this one's going to go uh came coming through in the comments here says uh boots and red are warriors but you get goal side of them and it's game over both staying is not great for the team shuey especially can't cover the ground anymore uh Keys, I suppose touching on what Bender said there, I also, and look, I'm always, I always skew optimistic on these things. And, you know, it's sometimes a bit of a back and forth on big footy because of that. But I think that Bender's right. I don't see how Simo says, Boots, you're not playing this week. I think if he's healthy, he plays. That's not where my concern lies specifically, or at least I've come to terms with that. For me, it's, is he a week in, week out midfielder 80% of the time, 90% of the time, 100% of the time, you know? We need to phase him. If he's going to play, and I think he is going to play when he's healthy, and I think Bender would probably agree with that, is it the half-forward flank? We saw him for a minute play half-back flank against the Suns, just for a glimpse. But this guy was, he was a goal a game player for the first 100, 150 odd, you know, you know, around, you know, 120, let's call it, games of his career. He played half-forward flank on and off in fits and starts, you know, 19 goals in 20 games here and 24 goals in 25 games there. So, he can go at a goal a game. He can offer us something forward of centre. And he does need to vacate that midfield if we're going to grow and build. But equally, Keys, I'm not maybe ready yet to lose the leadership and the instruction. I like the idea of some of our young mids learning pointers from a guy who's been so good. So where, where do you fall on the Shui uh, re-signing? Yeah, I've, I, I mean, I'll probably... I'll sort of flip... You sort of can't look at Shui in isolation. You've got... Yeah. I think Shui Hearn and Redden as a, as a trio... Um, I think you sort of look at those and um, you sort of say you probably you probably want to see one of them pull the pin just in the like a list management sense and things like that. And I mean, I, I, I did a post on Tuesday, I think it was, sort of going through and it was as much to sort my own thoughts out as, as anything else. And mm. I sort of landed on the point where out of the three, Shuey was the one that probably um, perhaps you could make the easiest case to let go. Um, okay. In this, and, and it's because 
funnily enough, I mean, a lot of people turn around and say, well, the Eagles have a lot of dead wood to cut. But when you actually look through the list and you go through the names, this spots are actually going to be pretty tight when we when we do come. And so Shuey staying is probably going to mean someone like Winder or True or perhaps West are going to lose their spot on the list, um, which, you know, some people turn around and go, well, they're not going to make it anyway, which may be right. Um, but then also then looking forward to next year, you know, yeah, Shuey's probably not – Redden's pretty much said that yeah. he's happy to play Waffle, and I think and I think that, that will happen. Um, I don't know that they're going to put Shuey in the Waffle – um, so then that means that's taking away games from from a younger from a younger mid that we're trying to get development into. So you know, a mix, you know, you know, he does he does provide some leadership around the club and and things like that. Um, I look at this year, and you you know, I, you, you, there's sort of comments coming through saying, well, you know, we've had these guys being leaders around the club this year, and it hasn't necessarily worked out all that well for us. So. Um, it's yeah, it's a bit. I, I'm I'm sort of mixed on it. I wasn't put it this way. I wasn't doing cartwheels when I heard he was re-signing. Um, Which, when you think of the stature of the guy and what he's meant for the yeah, club, is, is like, a little bit telling. Like, you know, fucking great. He's going around another year. It was kind hmm. of like, oh, okay, well, so what does that mean? It's um, and and now it's sort of now you're sort of looking at or where do we go with with Hearn and Redden perhaps and. Um, so you know, I'm glad for him. I think he's taking a pay cut, but we're gonna. It's good he's played the last twelve or so games in a row. Mm. So there's maybe maybe his body is whatever his issues with his hamstrings were. Maybe they're behind him. Hopefully they're behind him. Um, but we'll see next year the way he gets used and and the way the team goes overall. Um, as to how we go, I think he needs to he needs to relinquish the captaincy. Yeah, so Greg's um, just come through and asked that. Now, Barras is obviously the imminent captain in waiting. Everybody sort of agreed on that. Do you think that's this year or do you reckon he'll have it until he finishes up? We tend not we tend not to keep captains on. Um, her, um, you know, most of the guys, they give up. When they retire, they retire as captains. So um, that's when, you know, go back glass. I mean, Judd left the club. Cousins got sacked as captain. Um uh, you know, Kemp retired, McKenna retired, Worsfold retired. Um, Blacksloss was on the list for a year after he lost the captaincy, but didn't play a game that year because Malthouse hated him. Um, so, but I, I think, like her, and I think the best thing for Shuey will be to just quietly, quietly step aside and um, let someone else come in because I think the guy we we want as captain now is going to be the one that's going to take charge. We're in, the club won't say it, but we're in rebuild. Mm. You want the captain to be the guy that's going to take us through the next three, four, five, six years. Um, Brass is contracted to 2027, so he's, a, he's the obvious one. I hope they don't go for a short-term captain like McGovern, who would be the next most likely, I think. For a um, year. Yeah, Duggan, Duggan's name used to come up, but I don't think his form this year has been sufficiently good enough to say that he's captain, whereas Barras has actually elevated himself. So, um, you know, a lot of this is probably a discussion for next week, but, 
you know, if Shuey, well, not if Shuey's continuing anymore, um, he is, I don't think it should be as captain because there there remains the possibility that he might have to, um, he may have to spend some time in the waffle if his, if his body's sort of, you know, whilst he's, um, he hasn't been injured, but he's, he's lost that dynamic from his game. He's not as explosive. The breakaway speed's not there as, as it was. I mean, the person made the comment that, you know, once the ball gets past Shuey and Redden, that sort of, you know, so that's, we've got to be careful how we use him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have been, I would have been sad if he sort of said he's pulling the pin because, mm. you know, it's always sad. You know, you're, you're nostalgic about these guys. You, you like to see them go on forever, but they, they're not. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of, it's gone, yeah, very mixed. And it's a Stick shame. him on the half-forward flank. Stick him on the yeah. flank. Proper. I think that's... Throw him it, in there every now and then, but, Jesus, get yeah. him in that forward line. Yeah, I think that's the best use for him. He's a, half, he's a high half-forward. He can kick a goal. Um and then we can throw him in the centre for a for a burst here and there. Yeah. Um, that's how we're going to have to use him. Right, getting things back onto the field. Bender, there is one more game for this season. I don't know why. They're making us play it. Really, they should have let us pack up and, and head off to Bali or wherever it might be a few weeks ago. But instead, we get to make the trip down to Geelong. It's a venue we haven't won at for about 16 years now. Every time we go there of late, we lose by 80. If we're lucky, maybe more like 100, more like 120 if we're unlucky. It's around 23, Bender. We play Geelong and <laughs> there's some ins, there's some outs. I'll flash them up on the screen shortly. But all in all, I mean, where are we at with this one? The Cats are on top. They've already locked up first place. We might win the spoon. We might not. What are you looking for in this one as we take on Geelong? I'd be pretty happy if uh, someone came along and, and said, how about we just forfeit the match? And it was over and done when we didn't have to watch it. But yeah, it's um it's look it it's almost as good as going to Bali, going to Geelong, isn't it? It's just as nice down there. Nice right, and, yeah. and warm warm and sunny and you know You can get a direct flight to Bali, can't you? <laughs> Same number but, um, of bogans there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Same amount of sleeve tats. Um yeah, the um I don't know. I like I'd I i I'm not sure what to look for. I'm just hope, hopefully that it's not too much of a complete murder. But if it if it is, it would just be the, a fitting end to a shit heap of of a season. You know, like I just mm. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm I think uh, I think I still had a little bit of care factor left last weekend. This weekend, I'm just kind of going, oh yeah, whatever happens happens. I might watch it, and I'll probably have a snooze at some point during it, and but that's about it. I don't I don't even know how. To, to get myself up for, I don't know how the guys are going to, but um, look, hopefully, look. I, whenever I see Cully's name on on the list, I, I get you know I think he's something to get excited about. So maybe look out for how he goes, and and hopefully Rioli comes back in and and feels pretty good and and has a go as well. Yeah, uh, comment coming through here. All I ask for is no injuries, and that's it. Uh, Keys, I think you caught the same interview that many people would have on Big Footy, where Simo was talking about. Most people have a relatively clean bill of health. They've got a lot of time off until preseason starts in its in its fullest. So definitely no injuries. Bender's right there as well uh, for me, Keys. It's it's Jai Carly. Let's watch him. Let's see how he goes. It's a shame to see Hoff out. Uh, Willie Rioli Jr., nice to see him back in the side and hopefully he goes well. I'm interested in Bailey Williams 
I don't know that his list spot is up for grabs. I don't really think he's under that much pressure or any sort of risk, but he's had some games where he's not been great. He's had some games where he's been pretty good. You know, this year has been a big year of opportunity for him. Finish it off. I've got one week. Just throw the dice. Who cares? You know, nothing stupid, no suspensions, nothing that's going to affect next year. But I would like to see Bailey throw himself around a bit and have a game against a pretty decent ruck division as well with Geelong where you go, yeah, okay, maybe there's something to this and just just something. We're looking for little glimpses of glimpses at this point, Keys. Anything in particular that you want to check out when the Eagles take on the Cats? Oh, yeah, look, I'm quietly dreading this game. Um, <laughs> I've listened to Simpson's in- interviews and press conferences since the Derby um, and I reckon he's come as close to conceding defeat without actually saying it, as I've ever heard any coach ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's just keeps on talking about, you know, put hairs on your chest and uh, whatever you know, happens, we'll, happens or something like that. Yeah, we'll see, I, I mean, we'll see how that goes. You, you know, I, yeah, you, you you know they're realistic, and I think even the games that you sort of expected during the season where we where we'd um. We'd lose at least. Simso's Simo's sort of at least put up the fight, saying, "Oh, you know, we're going there to win. We're you know, we're going to have a crack and things like that." It's just like, fuck, yeah, it's kind of like, oh fuck, it's dangerous. Three hundred. It's like shit. You know, we're going there. They got top spot. You know, we're pretty much fucked. Um, so I'm hoping that you know we, without actually really winning a game in the last two months, I think we've made some strides. In terms of effort and and sort of being semi competitive in games, I hope we don't undo some of that in this last game by just getting completely hmm. completely rolled. Um, if we get within ten goals, personally, I think that's a good result. I mean, that's the that's the line. For, that's probably if we can if we can keep it under that. Um, the last time we played there, we got beaten by near on a hundred points, and that was with a far that was with a better side than what we're taking over there mm. this weekend. Um, and it was probably against Sydney, by the way, who don't even play there. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, well, <laughs> we, we did the commentary on the Geelong game last year. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Good call. Um, and that was, you know, that was just a fucking debacle. So, um, the the one thing I got going that we got is. Geelong don't need to do; they just need to get through the game. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think, but then you know, Geelong are, you know, we used to criticise Geelong are one of the through history are probably one of the biggest flat trackers, especially at Cadinia Park. They love they love a big win down there. So, um, yeah, there's not there's, there's really not a lot looked forward to. It's just it's just like fingers crossed and. I mean, I'll go into it hoping that um, that Gold Coast have beaten North Melbourne because if North Melbourne actually beat Gold Coast, well, then that that pretty much condemns us to the to the spoon, mm. um, and uh, and then yeah, you know, I'll be just sort of hoping that we don't lose by. I think we're going to lose by some. It's like 120 points or something ridiculous to to drop below oh. North on percentage. That's um, not going to happen in Geelong. Well, I really hope not, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's just something that we've got to get to and then we can sort of draw a breath and, you know, send this season off to the glue factory where it should have been sent three months ago and um, and look forward to uh, 
look forward to the draft because that's about all we've got to take out of this year now. Uh, Bender, a couple of things then. So first of all, do you want the wooden spoon, i.e. do you want the number one pick or would you like, I'm not going to say would you like us to win, I'm going to say would you like North Melbourne to lose this weekend? You, you want you want pick one or you want pick two? Uh, yeah, call me. I don't know. I'm not sure what you call me. No, I don't want to. I don't want a history of of a second wooden spoon. Um, mm. I'd rather have pick two. I think. Um, I don't think we're going to get anyone better at pick two. Sorry, pick one than we are at pick two. Um, that's just me. And then maybe that might be. I don't know a bit of a. Uh, I don't know, like a pride thing, I guess. But mm. I'd, I'd prefer not to definitely not have the spoon. So, um, no, I'd rather Gold Coast win, and I think they're going to anyway. Um, but. Yeah, but I think one thing we did miss on in terms of a positive come out of the game, the, the battle between Barras and Hawkins that um, Keys touched on yes. earlier, that's what we were talking about, um, that you'd think that's going to be a highlight. With no Cameron, it gives, I think, less for Barras to worry about, I think, in terms of uh, having to cover maybe or leave his man with, with without Cameron in the side. So I reckon it would be, considering I don't think... I think Hawkins has had a history of dominating Barras from memory. Um, I don't think he's ever really matched up that well on him. Um, and now that Barras is in form and he gets him on his own, I think it'll be a good a good way to measure where Barras really is um, against you know one of the the best forwards in the comp at least. So I think that's something to look forward to. So a comment coming through here on Twitch just about Tom Co- uh, Tom Coleman. Tom Cole, just about Tom Hawkins, Bender, saying, you know, is he a chance for the Coleman? He has 55 goals. Charlie Kerno is in front with 62. So he'd need seven just to match him. And then Kerno plays the following day. So will they feed him or will they just try and get through the game unscathed? Look, maybe it's the same answer. Maybe we put up such little resistance that they can do both. But I would reckon they'd be happy with him kicking three or four or five and massage him all through and get the old dogs off and, you know, just load up for the finals. Will they feed him? He'd need to kick a massive bag to even get ahead of Kerno, and then kerno has got one to play. So interested to see what happens with that one there. I mean, that matchup's a good one. Do you take any uh, hope, I guess, Spender, from the last time we faced you know, that was the game after the bye and quarter time, Cats by 13, tied at halftime and they got a standing ovation at Optus Stadium for being tied in a halftime game of footy. And then the Cats by 18 at three-quarter time and then still by 18 in the last quarter. That was the beginning of the post-bye Eagles and they've shown us a little bit more than the pre-bye Eagles, certainly. So do you take any hope from that or is this just, I mean, we play the Cattery so badly, is it almost irrelevant? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to sugarcoat it. No, I take nothing from that. Beautiful, you know, nicely done. It's, it's <laughs> going to be, it's, it is, um, like Keith said, I'm dreading this game. It is and um, uh, the sh- piece of shit on top of a shit Sunday of a year. You know what I mean? Good. It's just it's not looking forward value. to it. That's good value. Bit of a Uh, peanut in it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we do tips, Keys? Or shall we do, you know, who's going to win? Let's skip that part. Maybe we can skip the margin as well. But uh, what eagle are you most looking forward to watching on the weekend? You know, how do you think it's all going to play out for us, Keys? I think Tommy Tommy Brass, simply because I'm interested to see how he goes on a genuinely informed forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with what you said about Bailey. I'm interested to see what. Williams can give us in the ruck just because um, we need to find a ruckman. So if he can show something to give us some encouragement. Um, and uh, and Cully, you know, it's another game yeah. to see you know, what Cully brings. Uh, and, yeah, I just, I just hope that – I just hope the spirit is there in the guys and they just, you know, it's the last game of the season. It's a long layoff. 
you know, go out on, I mean, a win is just not, not going to happen, but, you know, go out on a positive to say, well, look, you know, walk off the ground and say, well, you know, look your teammates in the eye and say, look, we all had a dip. It's a shit season, but we, you know, we gave, we gave the effort. Um, let's look forward to to next year. Uh, yeah, Geelong to win by absolutely shitloads for me. Uh, Nelson to get some aggro going coming through in the comments here. Interested to see what they do there. Play him as a tagger. Raise his value. Go on, let's get some free agency combo for him or something like that. Uh, Bender, what eagle are you most looking forward to in this one as we sign off a dreadful season in Geelong? Uh, yeah, I think Key's covered all, all the main ones. Um, hopefully, I know Rioli comes back. Positive attitude. You know, I'm always I'm always happy to, to watch him play footy. I think the, you know the the half a dozen touches he gets are always entertaining. Um, something mm. happens, so that's probably about it for me outside of the um you know Barras, Cully, and and the likes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping. I think uh, I think it was Anthony mentioned before. No injuries would be fantastic. Mm. You know, just yep. get through the game. Everyone goes into their their postseason healthy at least or healthier healthy ish. But it just uh. I'm I'm already kind of feeling that sense of relief of putting this year behind us more than anything else, and kind of having a bit of a break and refresh, and then hopefully what we were expecting to see some changes at the end of the off season last year just you know come through a bit more. So yeah, that's probably what I'm most looking forward to anyway. Nicely done. Well, it's round twenty three, and Oka finally made a good joke in the comments. By the way, Nelson to get some dicky there going, just a little bit of uh, Aussie puppetry joke there. Love to see it. I reckon we'll call it there, ladies and gentlemen. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week as well. We'll recap whatever happens in Geelong. So don't you know? Don't look forward to that one too much. But we have got plenty of other stuff to chat as well. We're going to do more list management stuff in the off season. There's a draft to look forward to as well, and you know we'll unpack a few things. What we've liked out of the season. Skip a few of the dislikes, but maybe we'll pick out a few silver linings. So uh, Bender, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Keys, yourself as well. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, looking forward to uh, to West Coast doing a, a reverse Sydney, Collingwood, St Kilda and the Richmond. And instead of faking a couple of um, positive, <laughs> neg- negative COVID tests, we um, substitute a, um, a shit tonne of negative, uh, positive COVID tests on Saturday and forfeit the game. Beautifully done. We've got 28 available players. How many of them are going to test positive between now and Saturday? We'll find out. But uh, anyway, join us back next week. We'll unpack a few things and we'll do a bit of a season review and and see what we've liked overall. And then into the off-season. Thank you very much for everybody in the comments. Appreciate all the feedback. We'll talk to you next week. Bye for now. See ya.